Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. Welcome to another episode of RCAF. Thank you for being here. This week's episode is with Moonfrog, a.k.a. Bartow Mills. What did we talk about this episode? I'm already blanking about it. So we like started off talking about music production, and we just talked about all kinds of stuff. Uh, birthing a child with 40-degree winds oh, yeah. without drugs on an intense night. Um, <laughs> with midwives and candles. and Yeah, we talked about like what what is, what is even reality, man. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> went all over the place. And it was, we talked about licensing artwork and music mm-hmm. and uh, how things might just turn into one giant mashup in the future. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice relaxed episode. Quarantine edition. Quarantine number three, maybe four. <laughs> yeah. I guess it should be like, it should be quarantine four, but... Um, it's not. It's not. <laughs> He's just a super nice, chill dude. Chill vibes. Chill yeah. vibes. We talk about Taoism yeah. a lot. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like the living embodiment of Taoism. Yeah. You think we should just launch into it? Yeah, I think so. Without further it. ado? <laughs> Without further ado. In 12, 11, Eleven no. 10, 3, <laughs> 2, two one. 1, Sky! <laughs> Quarantine. Stay safe. Stay healthy. RTAF quarantine. What's up, Barto? Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not much, man. Just been hanging out with the family mostly today. Yeah. How you? Uh, how are you handling quarantine? Um, pretty good, man. It's um weird, but kind of business as usual in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you getting a lot of time to like actually produce music and chill out without having many gigs to go to or yeah for sure man it's been a lot of um downtime no doubt <laughs> yeah I'm, ju- I'm just messing with the options here trying to p- get the best view of everyone wait oh uh, yeah you can rate oh. turn subtitles on will that translate <laughs> for me <laughs> that would be interesting I'd love to see what that uh, what that does, if it actually translates <laughs> us well. I just turned mine on. Yeah, it's doing a pretty good job. It got all of that. 
Subtitles on. Will, right. will it subtitle this off? Will it subtitle butt fuck and <laughs> shit balls? <laughs> I, turned, I turned it off already. <laughs> I filtered my search results with my subtitles, John, so I don't think so. <laughs> you and your dirty mouth. Your can, fa- family friendly filter. You just get stars. <laughs> <laughs> Late night. What about podcast. you guys? How's the uh, quarantine going? Pretty good. I'm, uh, I've actually gotten a lot of work done, uh, a lot of paintings done, so a little more mm, prolific than usual. Yeah, it's awesome. But, but other than that, it's, it's really weird, and uh, like going to the store is really weird. I tried to go to Whole Foods the other day, and there weren't, you know, there were less cars in the parking lot than normal. And I was driving up and I noticed that they had people, they had like seven to 10 people like waiting outside. And it was right when everything was like turning cold yesterday. (laughs) And uh, so I was like, nah, and just like drove like a couple miles away to Safeway instead. And Safeway's free and loose, apparently. They're they're just like, yeah, they don't come on in. It's the wild west. Let's high five. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah what a, mine's been decent. I uh, this past week it was so beautiful, man. I went on a bunch of hikes and just spent a lot of time outside, and finally got back into art. The first couple of weeks of the quarantine, I was just like kind of a wreck, but in like a beautiful way. I was just watching TV and drinking wine and eating <laughs> like lots of granola and shit. <laughs> this week I got it back together, so we're back in the groove making art being active but now we have a snowstorm so it was a cozy day you know yeah it's been fun like um going to the grocery store less and like trying to stock up and see how long you can go on the limited amount of groceries or whatever and i don't know man it's been pretty strange for sure like i've got some of those n95 masks from like doing construction and stuff Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And I started wearing those like maybe three or four weeks ago out to just like the post office and the grocery store and stuff. And um, it was weird just seeing how that has progressed, like seeing the amount of people out with like shit covering their faces or whatever. Like full on, like last time I was in Whole Foods, I saw a guy with full on like respirator. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you wear if you're house painting or something. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like nobody. I remember at first only like a couple people were doing it and I was like going to the grocery store and I was going to wear a bandana and I felt like socially awkward about it. So I didn't do it. But then, yeah. but then as time went, went on, like everybody started wearing them and now I've yeah. gotten like comfortable covering my face, but it, it socially feels strange to walk into a store with like a bandana over your face or something, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, like you're going to rob the, the joint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It even put weird thoughts in my head, like, should I rob these people? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this whole thing's strange, man, especially for you with, like, playing gigs and touring. You know, like, uh, do you have any sort of game plan of how you're going to deal with having less gigs? Or, Uh, I mean, I had a few gigs that got canceled that we were looking forward to, but... 
I don't like make a living on gigs or anything. It's more of a hobby, you know, so it's actually been kind of nice um, reevaluating like music from the standpoint of like, I don't really care about booking gigs right now. And I was kind of almost going in that direction anyway, where I wasn't reaching out nearly as much to like festivals and venues and things for a few different reasons. Um, I was just not being proactive with that this year, which is kind of a good thing because I didn't have anything lined up for the summer really. Mm. Um, but just reevalu- reevaluating, like making music from the standpoint of like not worrying about playing shows live or whatever, you know, yeah. I've been, we ha- have been playing, ha- we have been having a lot of fun with the band stuff though. That's been, like a reason more of a reason for me to play gigs i got a little bored with djing um the band's killer by the way man yeah Uh, thanks man um you you know i think the most fun i had djing was um like we played sonic bloom i think it was last summer i did we did like the band gig and i hadn't played a dj set for probably two years it had all been like band gigs Mm -hmm. Um, but I got to play a DJ set that was like late night and instead of playing like all of the stuff that we would play as the band, like trying to kind of hit everything or whatever, I just played like all of my just like really deep down tempo stuff. And that was like really fun. So I think if I do continue to, to do DJ gigs, I'm going to try to, um, do like late night or morning sets or something where, and then if uh, for other gigs where it's like I'm opening for someone or whatever else, um, better time slots, I'm going to try to do the band stuff. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I guess it, do you find you get you kind of get off more just in the act of creating music itself than like playing the gigs? Yeah, for sure. It's led me to start writing some stuff that I'm not really thinking about playing out or even playing with the band or whatever because mm-hmm. i've been writing some a few a few different things that were supposed to be with the band and everything but the past couple weeks it's just been like really down tempo melodic stuff that i've been working on and i started working on like no beat ambient stuff i want to have like a album together pretty soon i think with um i'll just like it's i'll just basically a lot of atmosphere and chords and Hell yeah. Um, it's kind of like chill meditation type music, but it's, it, it's been hard keeping it from getting really like cinematic in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been going through and listening to a lot of like game music and yeah. stuff like that where like, you know, you discover the cave and then like the music comes on and like what that's like or whatever. So it, it's been a little difficult not making it like, sound too cinematic where it's like boring almost like mm-hmm. it's missing like a visual piece with mm-hmm. that but um yeah th- it's been fun making that M- more fun than just about anything else but yeah. do you have do you have like uh, uh favorite ambient artists like who who are you go-tos if you're trying to just like zone out to some ambient music hmm. man to be honest um I don't. I haven't been listening to a lot of music. I just listen to audiobooks when I'm like <laughs> working around the house or like doing whatever. I really the only time I get to zone out with music is when I'm actually working on music. So, when I am listening to music, it seems like these nowadays I'm like 
studying or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I I'm like, it's like I want to hear like something with a lot of triplets in it. So I'll go like find a track with that and like <laughs> I'll be like counting out things. <laughs> like it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. a diff- it's a different experience for sure. Um, I need to just chill out though and like lay around and listen to music. I do listen to music with my kids mm-hmm. uh, every day, but they just want to listen to like Raffy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, just, I put on like pop or um, Disney music or. Yeah. I get away with something listening to. Um, it's really funny, man, because I can like persuade my kid to listen to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's funny what she wants to listen to. <laughs> pump, pump up the jam has been a big one. Nice. <laughs> yes. So maybe I like that song when I was a kid too. Maybe we'll get like an ambient album out of you, and then after that, uh, an album based around pump up the jams stuff like that some, some poppy you know get hyped for uh school sports <laughs> right <laughs> some rave pop right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Man, I've, I've got some pretty cheesy like covers i'm working on and stuff right now like um i wanted to do a grateful dead cover but uh i couldn't figure out which one to do so i ended up doing um uh, I'm working on a Don Henley cover wow. <laughs> for, for uh, that song, Boys of Summer. There, there's like a line in it where he says, um, out on the road today, I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Yeah. And I've just got like one vocal in there, dead, like I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. And it like, it, it, it it's kind of like a down tempo kind of version of the things, just like the, the melodies and the it's a weird song, but I've got that one vocal. I like to, I settled on that for like a, Grateful Dead reference <laughs> rather than a, a cover or whatever. That's awesome, nice. man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of having fun with the covers. Yeah. Speaking of covers, by the way, I wanted to ask you about your I Remember track on your latest album. That shit is awesome, dude. It's such a cool rendition of it. Uh, that's like personally one of my favorite songs. It, like it impacted me at a really important time when I started getting electronic music and psychedelics and stuff. But, uh, Why'd you pick I Remember? And like, how do you go about doing that? Um, that particular track is just, um, it's basically just that chord progression is like mm-hmm. all that there is to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the guitar parts on it are Dank from, who plays with Moonfrog Band. Um, I just told him, I was like, just listen to the vocal melodies and um, like reference those in the guitar and you, you can hear when he plays guitar of it over it he does like the he he references like the chorus and the verse mm-hmm. and everything but it's just a, like you were saying man it's a great it's one of my favorite like chord progressions yeah ever mm-hmm. um and yeah listen to the, that, that was i mean that's a incredible album i think from cascade i didn't know it was dead a dead mouse it's like dead mouse and cascade yeah. wrote that track together and they both put it on their individual albums, but didn't reference the other artist <laughs> and like on their albums. So it's like, um, for years I just thought it was a cascade track. And, and I actually, I, I did that cover. That was one of the first tracks that, um, I made for SoundCloud as Moonfrog was like a remix of that where I like did all the, it's basically like a bootleg remix. Um, anyway, I've been, I feel like I've been working on that song for like, six years now you know what i mean like different versions of it and renditions i've just learned those chords so well 
um, it's been easy to mess with that. But yeah, thanks, man. I really, I really like that track, and it was a little long for the album. It's like six and a half minutes, but I, I like mm-hmm. the longness of it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's, it's such a fun it, song to trip out to. And like, yeah, as I was listening to that album for the first time, when that, like, when I first heard the first chords, I was like, "Oh my god! Wait, did Barto cover Dead Mouse or Cascade?" I'm <laughs> so psyched! It's awesome, man. It's thanks, man. So oh, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, where did you get the name uh, Moonfrog? Is it just like a a cool name you came up with, or is, does it have a meaning behind it? Um, yeah, it was just like making music and doing art and stuff. You know how you're always just thinking of titles for everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it just came to me. I was playing in a band, um, actually with Aaron at the time, uh, Kuali. Shouts. Nice. Shouts. And, Shouts. um, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> he really is who inspired me to really get serious about producing music at that time. Um, mm-hmm. and we had been... I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about music. So uh, at that point, the band was kind of dissolving. Um, and yeah, it just came to me. It was just like, oh, I'm going to start an electronic thing called Moonfrog. And then later on, I found out it is like the Moonfrog is like a figure from Chinese mythology. If you've ever seen the little statues with the frog with the coin in its mouth, mm-hmm. that's like the Moonfrog. Um, and nice. it's, it's supposed to represent or somehow it embodies like prosperity and these different things from their mythology um but yeah i found out later that it does have like a a meaning so there's like these software companies and stuff from china named moonfrog and that <laughs> always get tagged instead of me on things, <laughs> things like that how long, yeah, have, how long have you been uh producing music as moonfrog um uh, i think it was 2014 so six years Right on. Nice. And were you making much, like, you weren't really making a lot of electronic music before then? Not like where you have to think about a profession, like a mix and like mastering and things like that. I'd already, always like messed around with whatever production software was available, like Fruity Loops or Reason, Quedit. Mm-hmm. I'd even had Ableton before and stuff, but I never really understood much about any of it until I like decided to like make a song to put online or whatever. Yeah. I'd, I'd done some like sound design for like art installation type stuff. Um, like music videos. I actually made some music videos of where I was just like grabbing a lot of random, not, not really random, but just um, getting videos off YouTube mm. and just like splicing together different scenes and making um, kind of a narrative based off of a lot of unrelated videos. And then I like wrote music for that was like, I think that was like my first time like writing something in like a music production software. And that, that was like 2010 or so, but yeah, not until Moonfrog did I think, start thinking about, you know, mixing and mastering and, that kind of stuff or whatever. Oh yeah. And you're like I mean, you're a real musician who plays instruments. Like whenever I'm listening to your albums, I mean, how much of it is played by you like recording instruments or synths and how do you weave that all together? Uh, I think it's mostly like it's mostly keyboard. Um I play some guitar and 
I had the the hong, the hang drum, hand pan for a while, um, and I recorded that a lot. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, mo- mostly like usually when I start a song, I start with like chords and like playing like melodies and, and things like that to just like a drum loop, mm. and, and then I base everything off of that particular aspect of it because even now like I'm not the best at like mixing and like I don't even really want to think too much about like sound design and like I mean I wanted to be really high quality and everything I just to me like that's the less interesting part of it yeah Mm -hmm. um like if it was up to me I would just like write all the music and play it all and then have someone else like mix it and master it and do all the like technical stuff with it and i think that's why like my mixes and stuff aren't like the best i think but uh, i think they just they still serve the purpose they're getting better i, I feel like i've recently it's a never anything i'm sure you guys have talked to producers and it's like you're always learning just like with any art or whatever like mixing is definitely an art that takes years and years to learn many years to master yeah yeah it's it that oh, go ahead I was just going to say that like I'm I'm in the same boat with you on that like I tried my hand at uh producing music for a very short time and <laughs> just got very frustrated by the mixing and and mastering of it yeah. so I stopped. <laughs> yeah. It's super interesting like um I'm I'm although when I say like you know I'm not as interested in that part of it it's still like it's very it's interesting enough to me to where I'm always like trying to learn more about it. It's not one of those things where it's like, fuck, I hate mixing or whatever. (laughs) Um, but, but what really interests me the most is just like the musical quality of whatever you're making and how to like communicate through, you know, music and the language of music and everything and how to write interesting music that, um, you know, people will feel or whatever. Rather than just like, you know, you know, there's the feeling of like the mean mug on the dance floor, like <laughs> hypey kind of like mm-hmm. uh, dance music, and and I like that. I feel like that's what I'm bad at is like thinking about a song as in like this is gonna make people dance mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> like right. I'm terrible at like I, I mean I love groove and like drums and all that stuff, but it's like I'm never really writing a track thinking this is really gonna make you know, the booty shake or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, that's, that's what I really like about your music too. You know, there's a lot of stuff I like and it's like, yes, this is a drum and bass song. Yep. This is a dubstep song. All your music, you have such a variety of, you know, beats and styles, but it all falls into this world of, it all sounds very moon frog, which I think is really cool. You know, you have such a unique sound and, yeah. and even like on your, you have like a Psytrance album. You have like drum and bass beats on your new album and everything. But none of it sounds like typical music from that genre. Like you you somehow like put it into your own world, which I think is really cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I've been listening to that track Starlight on the Window album I just put out. And I don't know what it, I'm like. It's like Almond brothers meets drum and bass meets <laughs> like like i don't know what to really think about that <laughs> track at this point i like it i like i like the i like the chord progression like there's this piano part um that is just like 
that's what that track is all about is that piano part behind mm-hmm. like the synthy thing that's going on but um yeah i'm kind of all over the place with like tempos and styles and things and i'd like to think that it all retains kind of like a a semblance of Moonfrog or whatever, even though it's different yeah. BPMs and different styles and different things like that. Like I always tell myself like, man, I need to write like all this music at the same tempo so I can like play it live and it all kind of like mm-hmm. blends together well and stuff. But it's just like a challenge that I haven't been able to meet yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I get bored too easy. I'm like ADD, like, okay, yeah, that was fun, but I want to do something different next <laughs> yeah. or whatever. It's cool to have that freedom to just kind of create whatever you want instead of, you know, picking one genre and sticking to it and just allowing yourself to create whatever you're feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think about, like, make the music versus, like, the mix. Almost, um, it's like this Maya Angelou quote. Um, people never remember what you say, but they always remember how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. So that's just, like, a philosophy... I've tried to take into music with writing music. Like if I can just make like a pretty chord progression that connects with people with this like emotive quality or whatever, then the rest of it I can kind of flub through. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, If I can get that part, then I've like succeeded in my mission or whatever with creating a track. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you have a specific mission with uh, music in general, other than what you just said, I guess? (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess it's always changed. Um, Started playing music when I was a kid, and I remember I've just always been totally obsessed with, like, art and music to the point Mm -hmm. where it's like, I don't really know how to do anything else, or there's nothing else I really want, I've I've ever really wanted to do. Right. Um, So it's like, the mission is always kind of changing in a way and like picking up new aspects or whatever because for a long time i was just like oh i just want to be i mean in my like 20s like i I just want to be like an artist i'm I'm not worried about like any you know selling my art or anything but over the years i've picked up you know the caveat of like oh i would like to maybe make some money with this and maybe like have kind of a professional side to it and things like that like it there's just different things that it's morphed and changed and picked up. And it's like a big snowball that's, it is what it is at this yeah. point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Now you used to, or maybe you still do, but you showed me some paintings pretty recently, uh, from some years back and they were pretty badass. Do you still paint at all? I don't paint currently. Um, I just don't have like a studio set up. I mean, it's not really, an excuse, but it kind of keeps me from <laughs> painting in a way. Yeah. <laughs> like how I, dare you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have, a, I have some guilt about it for sure where I'm like, man, I should be painting. Um, but no, I, I went, when I moved to Colorado, I did a master's program in painting at CSU and I had painted for probably 15 years or so at that point, just Damn. like every day, wow. you know, just, just really focused in on visual art and painting. But you know, the whole school thing, like graduate school, it just like really changed a lot of my view on like everything about art. I feel like to the point Mm -hmm. where it's like, I wanted to do something different and I'd always made music too. So it was like, after I lost my studio space at school and then I was on like this tiny apartment and I was like, man, I I don't have my space anymore, whatever, what can I do? And then I, 
it just happened to be that I started working on uh, music more because it's like, oh, I have a computer and I know how to kind of do this. And I was playing, like I said, I was playing in some bands and stuff. I was playing in a few different bands at that point. And um, I've been playing in bands for like 20 years and it was I was just mm-hmm. ready to get out of the relationships that I was in <laughs> with the bands. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And just do it solo. I feel like around that time too, it became more apparent that it was possible to produce music from home. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before then, I'd always thought you had to like play an instrument in a band to like <laughs> make music or whatever. <laughs> yeah, some old school shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody's on their laptops now. <laughs> For sure, man. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, like all the old heads that I know who are in bands now and I talk to them about playing, you know, making music at home. They're all like, what's that program? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? like I got Ableton or you know. garage band. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've got a garage band on my iPad and, um, it's pretty crazy, man. How accessible you, just like making little beats and stuff is now. It's really crazy. Do you, do you use that as like a, a sketch pad? No, my daughter Olive's Olive does though, and I showed her how oh, to like nice. sample and stuff. So, whenever nice. we're in the car, I'll let her like make beats Hell while yeah. we're driving, and um, she's got some samples and some beats and stuff. And she's, you know, it's very like uh, abstract, mm-hmm. f- free jazz kind of beat making. <laughs> she's only <laughs> <Nice>. three. <laughs> yeah, watch out! But it's inc- it's Moon incredible how, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember messing with like, you know, Cool Edit in like 2000, and it was like less powerful than, you know, GarageBand on my iPad by like times a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, I just want to touch it quick. Um, Weren't you, speaking of uh, going to college for art, weren't you like Morgan Mandala's mentor or like, something <laughs> yeah well, that's how i met morgan um i was assigned to her like there's this professor um uh, i'll just name her uh, well, patrice sullivan she's an awesome Shouts. painter awesome teacher like she was very um anyway she's just a great teacher and she told me to just get with morgan basically and talk to her about her work and kind of mentor her. I think they tried to like take the grad students and pair them up with like undergrad students who they thought they could help or whatever. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, I mean, me and Morgan, we would just kind of get together and talk about her work, you know, mm-hmm. what she was doing. And, um, it was really interesting to meet her. And then I had met Aaron separately actually around the same time, um, at a jam, like at somebody's house, we were playing music together mm-hmm. and, um, Right around that time, I remember I was playing with that band, and I was, we were, we got Aaron to come join the band, and then I was like, oh, you know Morgan and all this stuff. So, that's how I met those guys, and yeah, I talked to Morgan about her work, and we, you know, and then years later, like where I met you, John, at Cosm in New yeah. York, mm-hmm. it's like I'm out there, and oh, there's Morgan's. Like we had we had talked about like Alex Gray and like Visionary R and all this stuff. Um, and then just to like see it come full circle for for her for just seeing that was just like uh, it's just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's really cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And sp- speaking of which, uh, you know, we, I met you at Cosm while I was still living in Philadelphia. And I remember I hadn't heard of your music or anything, but I met you that night and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be playing. And then I played, uh, I painted in the same room as you and I heard your music and it was like amazing, you know, and then I went home and I was listening to Moonfrog every day, all day, forever. And you said you were from, you said you were from Colorado and like just the vibe of your music and how friendly you were and everything. That was like a big push for me uh, to come out here in a way, you know? So, nice. so I think like sometimes our creativity and who we are, you know, it affects people in ways you don't even really realize, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was cool. You were like one of the first Colorado homies I ever met way back in the day. Yeah, man, that was, that was awesome meeting you guys. And, um, like you said, like you were saying, it's just so random meeting you there. And it's like now when you moved here and it's just like, now you're painting at this show that I, you yeah. know, it's just like, it's crazy. It's cool. all, all of that works out. Um, do you remember that? Sh- do you remember that show at Cosm? The girl fell through the window. Yeah. Do you Yo, what? That? Somebody was losing. I, it. I'm gonna need the full context <laughs> of the story, please. <laughs> I, I mean, she didn't get hurt or anything. Was she it's just like, tripping out? Yeah, she just Bad, fell through a window, yeah, glass window, <laughs> and it was like negative twenty degrees that night yeah. or something. They quickly like cleaned it up and. Um, put tape on the window with like plastic anyway it was a it was a trip it was so funny i remember like uh my it's like one of my first memories of you it was so funny like i was so eager i had never really live painted much and i was like at cosm painting for the first time and i was just so excited and you were just chilled out on your laptop i guess like setting up your set or something and i'm like porto you know like what do you do pre- to prepare for playing? Like, do you have any special rituals? And you're just like, uh, I might smoke a little weed. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and the, that like chill demeanor about it. I was like, Oh, okay. I got to like tone it down a little bit. <laughs> I was like, what do you like? I don't know what I expect you to say. Like you owned and fucking took five hits of acid right. and did sun <laughs> salutations or something. Right. <laughs> Push push ups. Yeah. Get my guns all flexed. <laughs> Do you have a uh quarantine uh workout program? Yeah, just one push up in the morning, <laughs> get out of bed and pushing yourself up out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Um man, I've been thinking about that and uh, like with my kids, dude, I feel like they are wearing me out so hard every day. Like mm-hmm. I, I literally wear my six month old, like four hours a day and he weighs like 30 pounds. So I, nice. I feel like I'm getting a little extra. It's like a weight vest. Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Gravity training. Yeah. yeah. You know, another thing about that Cosm show I remember is, um, there was a girl that was really upset. Do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah. And there she was, was like, like a freak out. Mm hmm. Yeah, like right in front of where I was DJing in this like super chill like living room space with a huge fire roaring. Mm-hmm. There's like a girl like just like crying her eyes out the whole time, like being held by this older woman. Yeah, and like being rocked. Mm-hmm. And it was just like super surreal. Like you know, 
I'm glad it was all just like really chilled out, like good vibes music. I know. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I was like, man, I'm space. glad I'm playing, and this isn't like, um, you know, Yeti was in the other room. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it's like, well, at least she was in the right guess, room. Right. I'm, I'm glad she was in the right room. Yeah. <laughs> That's always yeah, it's like, cool. Like, yeah, at a place like Cosm, everyone there, you, you can almost guarantee, are either experienced trippers or just people who maybe haven't tripped yet. So, like, it, it's cool that someone, you know, stepped up and was like, I'll rock this girl by the fireplace for a yeah. second. I got this, guys. You know, yeah, it was like kinda... at a festival, like sometimes, you know, they'll, depending on how, um, I guess, chill the festival is, they might, you know, take that person to the med tent or worse. Um, but it's nice that she was at Cosm in a cozy place with a lot of people who know that psychedelic experiences like that are, are just difficult experiences that will pass and not <laughs> things that you need to like haul someone strapped to a gurney away on. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They took really good care of her. I remember. And, um, she felt good by the end of everything. And yeah, but you're right. I think they were, they were totally prepared for those kinds of situations <laughs> at mm-hmm. Cosm. Yeah. It's not their first rodeo. It's like, <laughs> I always find that uh, when you I are, really love. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. You, you you go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I always find it to be really tough, right? Whenever you're you're having a good time and you're in this really cool environment, and then somebody has a freak out, or you can tell somebody's just a little, done too much of something or whatever. It like really can throw me off. Really, like throw off my night or even my week or my month. Sometimes, I always find that like I don't know. It's strange. It's hard to see somebody having such a difficult time and just like go about your business. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. this is fun. Do you just, do you just sure. take it to heart too much? You think? Yeah, yeah. I think it. I don't know. Maybe it's empathy or something, where you're just like, you're like I hope you're okay. I don't know. It's like. Sorry, I think you cut out for a second. But uh yeah, I don't know. Like I'm sure you see it a lot playing music and like Andrew, I'm sure you've seen it a lot at festivals and everything. It's like uh I don't know why I brought it up other other just to say that like it bugs me. <laughs> and Yeah, totally, man. Um I I'm always trying to help those people at festivals and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember at I remember at um Wakarusa one year there was literally this like kid I mean, uh, he was high school, maybe a little out of high school. He's like crawling around, like in the middle of like the main walkway and like bass nectar just played. So it's like all these people, and he's like literally just like freaking out, super hard crawling around. So we're trying to help him, we're trying to help him and stuff. And um, eventually he's just like sitting there, and we're like, okay, he's going to be okay here, you know, after t- trying to talk to him for like an hour or whatever. And, um, the next night we're out and I've been thinking about him like all night, all day. Mm. I was like totally thrown off. Like my whole vibe was just like in this weird, dark place. (laughs) And he just like, I'm at this, we're standing around at a show or something. He comes running up to us and he's like, Hey dude. He's like, I forget what he says, but he's just like super happy. And he's, he's (laughs) like, (laughs) he's, he's he's like messed up again, but it's it's like a different kind of trip. (laughs) Better. Yeah, and he just like runs off, and I'm like, 
felt better. I was like, okay, he's <laughs> okay. Like, it wasn't did really he, anything to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Did he? Did he find you guys out of like, what's Rockaroos have like ten to twelve thousand people? Yeah, and, and I, I don't think he even knew that we were people that was talking to him the night before. Really? He was oh, just man. like that person in the show. Like, yeah, yeah. He's kind of saying <laughs> hey to everybody within like right. a fifty yard <laughs> radius. Very exuberant. Like, bro, I was your guardian angel last night. You don't even know. <laughs> it's yeah. like, man, I want to sit down and have like tea with you and talk to you about yeah, like <laughs> what happened today. But <laughs> but you're 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 doing good. So <laughs> good to see you're feeling better. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a weird tangent. <laughs> yeah. Fun festival stories uh, where people get too fucked up. Uh, uh, I mean, I've. I've had really close friends who have like um, been through like multiple bad trips like with me to mm. the point where it's like they're they're done with like psychedelics then it's like I'm kind of like I mean this has been like 25 years ago or something but it's like you're trying to help this person through this entire trip that they're they're going through and you're also like spun out and you're trying to help them and like stay sane <laughs> and everything and like um it really just like takes the uh, it takes the shine off of the experience in a way and makes it much more like real and deep in yeah. certain ways. When yeah. Like, when you're trying to help someone, I, I personally have never had like a terrible time or anything like that on psychedelics. But right. people people who have those bad trips, man. It's like you feel so. Yeah, it puts the whole thing into a different perspective for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Gets squirrely. So it's always good to remember that that's a possibility and to, you know, have empathy for people who are going through something like that. Yeah. Stay safe out there, kids. <laughs> yeah. And, adults. and if you, uh, if you fall down in the middle of a live painting area and you're on ketamine, I'm going to give you some sugar so that you get up milk. They need milk. Yeah. It's milk. I, think- I thought it was, sh- I think sugar, like just like, Kills the ketamine trip, I uh, thought. I don't know. Interesting. I, I was just saying milk is a joke. Oh, because of that uh, vid- <laughs> that viral video. <laughs> yeah. See, this is where we need someone to pull up uh, sources for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a new a new phenomenon for me seeing the people like straight like fall out on like ketamine or what, or whatever it is they're on. Um, All right, I've I've seen that at a few festivals these past few years and it's just like yeah it's it's like a moment where it's like god you don't know what to do it's like yeah, wow. yeah. call the medics or whatever i don't I don't know like yeah here's a packet of sugar <laughs> just, right. sprinkle, just sprinkle sugar on it <laughs> just yeah just like a, like salt I, have on a, a slug. I have packets of sugar from uh the denny's down the road <laughs> just in my pocket at all times at festivals now. Yeah, make sure it's not sweet and low. That stuff doesn't got, work. Got milk, milk in my camel back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to look this up though. Continue, but all right. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Well, Bart, so yeah, milk, milk and sugar. Always make sure you have those two things. <laughs> it's Next good. time you go to a festival, it's good for coffee. It's good for too much ketamine. <laughs> So, Barto, you have two kids now. Uh, yep. Two how, kids. How old is your oldest? Um, she's three before the summer. 
has that kind of changed your perspective of like how you're integrating with life? Um, I mean, it's, it's totally changed life, uh, perspective included, you know, Mm -hmm. everything like changes. I feel like, um, it's a huge life changing experience for sure. Um, I feel the, like I feel the same, like, but it's just like having another human being like that, like a family member. It's like how much you love your mom or dad or whatever. It's like, Oh, now I have like another one of these people (laughs) in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. except for I'm on like the other side of it now. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. It's like, (laughs) I, I think about it like every day, like, like how, like, this is like this weirdest thing ever. You know Uh what I mean? Like I'm always thinking about like how it's affecting my life and how I'm dealing with it. And like all the, all of these things for sure. And we, we did it. We had both kids at home, like home births with no drugs or anything with like midwives. And the last kid was born six months ago in this room actually. Whoa. And, um, the night it happened, it was like 40 mile an hour winds. We have huge trees outside and like, we've got like salt lamps lit and there's like a midwife and these other women over here. And it was like this total, like psychedelic magic thing that happened that I still don't, I can't, haven't fully processed. I mean, you know, it, it was, it was super, super crazy. And, um, actually that, that track great divide is all about that and kind of being at the cusp of like either someone passing away, like being there for someone when they die or being there for someone when they're like born Yeah, Mm -hmm. and what that experience is like, just like actually being present for that transition. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's pretty mind blowing. (laughs) It's so psychedelic, you know, that like (laughs) this being is coming out of a portal like you're just bringing somebody into this dimension man and you have to like care for them and keep them safe and like i don't know the intensity of that moment and everything too it just would amplify the whole phenomenon of this crazy thing we call life you know like we're all just here nobody sure, knows yeah. why we're here what we're doing but people pop in and pop out all the time so strange <laughs> Yeah, and I, I just remember um, his mom, Jill, she was, uh, like, her eyes were so dilated. And, like, she was in this headspace of just, like, some, a place that I just could not. I was just barely getting, like, a glimpse of. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? The amount of the amount that, the, that experience affected my life and my perception or whatever is a fraction of that. So big ups to all the moms and women out there who... <laughs> Yeah. Are, are the portals for the that <laughs> Shouts because to I, I definitely have a new perspective on all things concerning motherhood and like oh yeah birth and everything yeah but yeah i love my kids <laughs> dude that uh that scene you were describing sounds um pretty much like your child is the chosen one can we go ahead <laughs> and say that yeah. I mean, either that or it's like a scene out of like one of these fantasy books that uh, that we've both been listening to on Audible. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. It's like, it's like remembering that is like it's like a scene from like a some crazy, <laughs> you know, story. Like a, I feel it feels like an objective thing that um, I still don't quite understand <laughs> how yeah. how. I'll, 
how it all happened. Because, <laughs> I mean, at that point, it's like you're so... Like, even for me, like, I remember during the whole experience thinking, wow, like, this has been going on for, like, hours and hours. And, <laughs> like, I can't imagine what, you know, the mom is feeling like or, like, the things she's going through or whatever. Right. Well, yeah. shouts to moms. <laughs> yeah, big, big shouts to moms. <laughs> it is, like... I mean, I don't know how much you want to pontificate on it, but I just feel like it's so crazy that we, you like, you make a little version of yourself with somebody else and then we just pop into this place and like, do you have any idea what the hell this is? <laughs> you know, like this life itself is so strange to me. Like lately I've just been thinking a lot about like what, like what even is this? You know? Yeah. Like I feel like we, we all, anytime you hang out with friends and you're doing this and that, like everyone's always like has opinions on like what is right, what is wrong, uh, like what is truth, what is false, what is this, what is that? Like, and I think we all kind of just like assume we know why we're here, what's going on. But like when you dig down into it, you're just like, we're just watching some bizarre phenomenon happening. I don't know. Do you have any concept of what the hell this even is? (laughs) Yeah, man, I honestly stopped searching for answers for that stuff so long ago. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like, um, I went through a phase when I was younger where I was super into trying to figure out like spirituality and religion and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I found Taoism and I kind of like landed on that as like kind of like a philosophy for my life at that point and I, I feel like it has if any spiritual philosophy or anything has influenced me most and influenced like my music and art and things like that it's been like like Taoism mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much mm-hmm. yeah you're kind of the embodiment of it have have you always been so chill you're like probably the chillest motherfucker I've ever met in my entire life <laughs> um Thanks, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel a lot of times. I don't feel very chill. Everybody tells me I'm super chill, so <laughs> I, I guess that's <laughs> that's a, a plus. Um, uh, yeah, and I think that does come through my music and stuff, like the chill vibe and everything. Um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so on the exterior, yeah. are you or like on the inside? Are you just freaking out all the time? And on the outside, <laughs> you're just like, hey, cool. Um, not really, no. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking chill. <laughs> I feel like a lot of my life was surrounded with a lot of like non-chill people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like maybe that when I was in like high school and stuff is when I, I think I found Taoism and that helped me deal with a lot of people in my life that were not so chill. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is it what is it about Taoism uh in particular that you were attracted to or that you that, that you've kind of um taken on in your life? Um probably just like the oversimplification of like past and future and or or maybe just the chillness of it, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Like, nice. I, I really like um, pretty much any kind of um, 
philosophy, like, you know, um, being present and not worrying uh, too much about things that have happened or things that are going to happen and trying to be like fully present. I feel like Taoism embodies that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The chillness. Yeah. Is it like, I don't know a ton about Taoism. It's kind of like the philosophy of kind of just jumping into the flow of how life manifests. Is that kind of the idea? Sure. I think it's like the precursor for the other, um, like Asian philosophies, like Chinese philosophy and spirituality, like Confucianism and Buddhism. Mm-hmm. It, it actually predate. I think it, I'm pretty sure it predates all of that stuff. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like the, the base layer for like Eastern philosophy in a way. Um, and it strips away a lot of the, uh, a, a lot of the things that I didn't like about the like later Eastern philosophies, like, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget what you asked, but I was just... <laughs> so it's kind of just like stripping the layers of everything, getting to the core of like yeah. presence of being. Do you uh, do you like have any specific practices or is it something you kind of just are practicing in motion? Yeah, I think that's kind of like part of, part of it is like, you know, to practice it in motion and not really... Uh, there's no really like Taoist rituals or anything yeah. like that. Would that would kind of defeat the purpose of or defeat the ideology of it in a way. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. the 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 highly popular book everyone reads is um the Tao of Pooh, mm-hmm. like Pooh Bear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you've never read that, it's a great read. There's the Tao of Pooh, and then there's the Chi of Piglet. And <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a very um, fun and easy to understand. Uh, just an- he analyzes like Taoism, and then an aspect of Taoism, which is the uncarved block, quote unquote, um, in the Te, Te or Chi, however you say it, T E. The, the Chi of Piglet. Um, those are great books. That's, those are the first books I discovered on Taoism. Then I started like reading the more heady things about, or just like the more scholarly kind of, you know, books on it and stuff. And um, I felt like the Tao of Pooh pretty much did the job. <laughs> right on. I'll have to check it <laughs> out. You don't, don't really have to go beyond that in a way. I've, I've never heard of that. I'll have to check it out. It's by a guy named Benjamin Hoff. Right on. Nice. I, I aspire to be as chill as you one day. We'll get there. I'll probably have to be about 80. You guys are pretty chill, man. <laughs> Two of the chillest people I know. Dude, I'm freaking this out. is like a trifecta of chill bros right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised <laughs> when somebody tells me I come off as chill because like, I'm anxious constantly. You hide it well. Yeah, I suppose so. Who knows? I think it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you seem like you're just like willing to uh, confront life and all of its everything. Yeah. And an anxious person to me seems more like a person who's like afraid. Ooh. You yeah. know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so. Guess there's learning. my take. There's a little reflection <laughs> yeah. for you, bro. Yeah, cool. Thanks. I suppose yeah, maybe so it's just learning how to like channel your energy 
and it's mm. like not being scared of your how you feel or something just like riding with your energy i don't know <laughs> sure um i say we all have our quarantine beards going on mm-hmm. oh yeah i've been trimming mine i've been trimming mine actually uh you know i didn't want to come out of this like uh like led zeppelin after led zeppelin 4 or whatever but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um have you guys been giving yourselves uh haircuts or anything like that no no yeah (laughs) I'd, i'd have to recommend it as someone who's been doing it for over two years already uh try it out check yeah. it out i usually uh, just I've been, I've been thinking about it like this if this would be a good time to get into the self haircut thing yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what's up Bart's yeah. like, maybe it's I, time for a uh, uh, um mullet yeah i think you guys would both right now. look really good with mullets um <laughs> rat tail I'm just, yeah rat <laughs> yeah. tail maybe just a must maybe just a mustache and not a full quarantine beard What's the like uh, Russian haircut? The Russian guys that like, I don't know what these haircuts are called, but I always see like, you know, it's like the, it's like a really hard line on the side of the head, uh-huh. and like there's kind of like a mullet or something in the back. Yeah. Is it like my hair? It's like short um, on either side, and then like. Well, no, I think the line is like further down, like kind of like between your oh. ear and like. Oh. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's really weird. With like bangs? Yeah. Like side bangs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. By the way, when I say cutting uh, hair, I I don't really use scissors at all. So it's usually just a number two razor like on either side. Looks fresh. With something as simple as that, you know. You get Barto just left at that idea. He was like, yeah, I'm out. It's like cool interview guys. See you later. And then we started talking about haircuts and <laughs> I just had to go. So. Wait, Barto, you mentioned um so you don't you don't make a like you don't rely on music to support yourself? No. Do you have a job? Uh sorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just uh, like side hustle all of my money, basically. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Right, um, Music is part of that. It's like a multifaceted beast. The yeah. whole like, you know, trying to make enough money to live, but also be happy. It's mm-hmm. a very hard balance. I mean. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we've talked about a lot. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, do you think it would kind of steal some of the fun of music for you if you had to fully rely on producing and playing shows only? No, I don't think so. I think it would be liberating in a way because I wouldn't have to worry about all the bullshit that I don't really enjoy doing to make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I could just fully occupy my time with one thing to make like all of my money then and it'd be like something like music that's mm. pretty much the dream at that point i mean <laughs> hell yeah man you're you're talking about like um some like so, sort of getting like a cinematic feel for with some of these ambient tracks you're working on have you ever considered like scoring something for like a tv show or a movie in the future 
Um, yeah, I think it'd be super fun to do like a video game or like maybe like an anime or uh, I don't know something like that would be fun. Um, Your music would. Be I really, dope. I really have no idea what that process is, but I'd be interested yeah. to like figure that out. You know what I mean? I yeah. wonder if it would be like watching, like just watching something kind of like scene by scene and just doing it in little bits. Yeah. You know, figuring out what fits and everything. Um, I do, I, I do use something in Ableton. It's an instrument. It's called OmniSphere. It has a lot of um, really cinematic kind of uh, sounds in it that you can play, like different, like kalimbas that are played with like sugar packs. You, you know, all uh, these wow. all these weird instruments that are like these people created for you to play on your keyboard. Um, and I've used that particular instrument so much that I hear it everywhere in like movies and TV and like every everywhere, like maybe like one in five or ten things that I see on TV or whatever, like video yeah. games. I hear like Omnisphere stuff happening and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, glorious guitars from Omnisphere. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, so it's just kind of cool like hearing... Uh, hearing some of the instruments stuff I use in like movies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We're watching, uh, Ozark right now. And I guess like Tom York did some, uh, things for them, but like the, they're like little buildups, uh, in like the tense scenes, which the whole thing is pretty much just a tense, one long tense scene. <laughs> they have like these, like, I don't know these like percussive sounds that sound sort of like like people like clapping or something like far off there was at one point we were watching it and i thought like someone was knocking at our back door because it was just (laughs) i mean i guess they put it in there to make it just like really like you know fuck with you like oh shit the cops are here they are actually here at my house not just (laughs) uh but yeah i don't know i think that stuff's interesting and uh yeah, I think about like anime scenes of like someone like running through a field of like flowers or something like that. That's yeah. kind of stuff I would want to score, you know? What right, I mean? right, oh, yeah. right. Um, not like the murder. Not <laughs> <laughs> the drug drugs are murder. Right. People are about to get murdered, but the music is so chill. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't know any better. <laughs> is this supposed to be happy and? <laughs> that'd be really funny to just to like to rescore shows with like happy music just change the whole tone <laughs> while like all this crazy shit is happening <laughs> or vice versa like some glorious things are going down and it's like just like foley room style like really big sounds of scary things i don't know i think i think that's such a cool thing about music is the vibe that you put into anything it changes the whole tone of any situation you know Mm -hmm. it's like you know uh throwing some moon frog with your friends and you're just like chilling or you put on some like intense shit and it's like i don't know like (laughs) you feel like you gotta like get crazy i don't know the power of music is really it's interesting how music affects the feeling in a room or how it accompanies visuals like more than anything that like the, the power of the vibe that you can create musically. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
What have you guys been listening to when you're like painting and stuff? <laughs> I've been listening to those audiobooks, man. So <laughs> I'm on Bartow's uh, Audible account, and he's graciously been sharing, uh, been sharing it with me. And so he's recommended some books uh, to me. So yeah, I've been. I mean, also I've also turned on some like live streams and stuff of like people in the community. Uh, Lost in Sound's been doing some cool things on Twitch. And listening to like a lot of house music too, like those circle YouTube yeah those uh, are videos. Awesome. Have you seen those real- Barto? Yeah, that's it's pretty awesome. I think um, what's the guy's name? FKJ. Yeah, or is that it? Yeah, FKJ? French Kiwi Juice. I think is what it stands for. Yeah, his is probably my favorite circle right now. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Hell yeah. Just yeah. the setting and everything, but man, I gotta say um, that these these books you've recommended are just great for right now for uh, for painting. It's it's interesting because like like listening to an audiobook, I think I was telling you this the other day, John. Like and, and figuring out a painting because you're kind of like figuring out the narrative as it unfolds too it, while you're listening to it. I think that's how my process is with painting. So it, they really go hand in hand. And um, yeah, King Killer Chronicle is just like the fucking shit. Name of the Wind. Uh, what's the other one? Wise Man's Fear. Great books. Yeah, totally. Uh, actually, yeah. And I, I was like, I'm listening along with you to all this stuff because right. it just like, for some reason, it makes me super happy knowing someone i know is like i'm I'm like hitting you up like hey that part was super cool right yeah (laughs) like it's like it's like getting to watch a movie with like a homie or whatever it's yeah and the and the books we're listening to now um like the first law series right is what it's called Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah these are great too this like just for anyone who might be interested uh the first book is more of like a kind of a first first person account epic fantasy style and uh we i guess people have been waiting on this third book for you're talking about the name of the wind name of the wind yeah 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 um but then the second book is more it's more game of thrones style where you have like several several different characters in different places of this world like interacting and of course everybody's just like kind of like on edge about the other person don't know whether they can trust them and some people are betraying people and it's just it's really great (laughs) (laughs) yes good stories like really good storytelling and those books really are good i really like them because the the music part of it is so it's such a big part of it like the main character is a musician or whatever um great books for sure Speaking, yeah. speaking of stories, like Barto, do you have like when you're making music, do you visualize kind of stories or scenarios or anything as you're working on tracks? You know, um, usually, like I was saying earlier, I'll just I'll start with um, with just like playing a keyboard to a drum beat mm-hmm. and like finding like a chord progression or like a melody or something like that. Um and the main thing I'm trying to like communicate or like find a, find ways to say or like things that just have that like emotive quality for me. Like if I can play something and I'm, I just have 
I just feel like, you know, chill bumps or whatever it is. Like, I'm like, okay, okay, well, this is like tapping into this like musical language where I know that it's like going to communicate this, not just to me, but hopefully to other people. Um, so usually that's what I'm doing. Like as far as getting like super narrative, I've never really like sometimes in the past I'll have like a concept mm-hmm. do like a concept album or whatever, but that's like, it's just a big challenge to, um, to specifically kind of work through a concept and for, in with music for me, it's, it's more like, it's far more just like base, like base layer kind of thing. Like I'm just looking for like emotions yeah, yeah <laughs> rather than yeah. like, um, you know, but like my album, like sleeping light, that was all about, um, I was having a really hard time like sleeping and, and so it, it, I, I was hoping that album would like embody that my insomnia through oh. the time when I was writing all of that, because I was yeah. writing it all like super late at night. Like a lot of times like waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to sleep. So I would go write music. Mm-hmm. So not, not really a narrative of, um, you know, insomnia, but the actual, like I have insomnia and I'm working on this music <laughs> at three in the morning because I can't sleep. So in a way that was like a concept album based around that, but definitely still not just kind of like a narrative of like a concept or whatever. Yeah. I'm typically not really into narrative art in general. <laughs> Unless so that's just actual... like personal taste. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do you find like, um, do you feel any sort of kind of responsibility in, you know, like the energy contained in your music and what you're giving out to people? Like, do you, do you feel like you're providing them a gift or something that will, you know, maybe better somebody's mental space by, uh, by grooving along with this kind of space that you've carved out for them? It, you know, I don't think about it in that direction, really. Um, a lot of times I'll release music and I'll be like, man, I like this part. I like this chord progression or whatever it is. Um, but the rest of it kind of sucks. And <laughs> man, I don't know if I want to release this, like, uh, what am I going to do? But it's like, it's finished. So it's like, there is this one part of it that's really good. And I hope people can connect with that. So a lot of times I'll just like release music and then somebody hits me up and they're like, Oh my God, this track was like, it really helped me. And I'm like, wow, really? (laughs) That's awesome. Like, I'm so happy that that happened. Um, like that's not my intent with it. Um, but it's really cool when it comes back from that, direction to me and what and it just reaffirms kind of like okay what i'm doing does make sense yeah even if you think something sucks or whatever it's like you know you you're we're our own like hardest critics or whatever for yeah yeah we're brutal on ourselves you guys know how it is (laughs) yeah 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 i constantly feel like i'm getting shittier you know like every, (laughs) every piece i'm just like uh this is lame but then inevitably yeah somebody pulls something out of it I think it's maybe just simply the act of showing up to create, you know, kind of brightens people's lives. Exactly. Sure. And I think some of the best music I've done lately is when I'll sit down and I'm like, I'll get like super bummed and I'll be like, man, I'm, I'm just going to quit. I'm just <laughs> not going to do Moonfrog anymore. I'm just going to like make a track that like, 
just going to mess around with music and not even worry about like, oh, I'm going to release this or whatever. And I feel like that's when I make the best shit where I'm like, oh my God, this is like the best Moonfrog yeah. track. <laughs> like, then it's yeah. a Moonfrog track. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is first song on the album or whatever. Yeah, it's almost like that idea of kind of letting go of your maybe idea of who you are or what your moniker is, that it has to be a specific thing. And just allowing yourself the pure joy of creativity just makes you a better version of that thing already, you know? It's like, yeah, totally. Yeah, there can be a lot of, a, there can be like a strange weight whenever, you're, you know, like if you're sitting down, and you're like, all right, I have to make the dopest Moonfrog track. Or like, you know, I got to bring the John Speaker heat. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a silly pressure you put on yourself, you know? Where it's like, you just let go and every expression is just, it all falls into the world of your creativity anyway. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of like risk involved, I think, and just in the decision making process, whenever you're creating something like it's all about like risk taking and kind of letting go of things that you want to like hold on to that aren't quite there Mm-hmm. or whatever and like taking risks to try to like manipulate that and make it better but also like with releasing stuff and like finalizing things i think um a lot of artists have trouble being finished with something and like moving on yeah. to the next thing yeah. it's like like you know you can work through the same idea like a thousand times you don't have to like you know work through that idea all in this one piece or whatever and be done with it like just yeah um, so I, I think knowing when something is finished is um, something that I do well at this point because, uh, like, I'm not t- too worried about, like, getting the mix just perfect. Or, you know, there's things about these tracks that I'm releasing where it's like I know that they're not perfect. And even the right. first track on that um, that album I just released is about, like, imperfection mm-hmm. and things like that. So I even intentionally left like several things like wrong with that um, because cool. I worked on it so much where I was like, you know, I'm just going to revert this. I, I'm, I'm going to intentionally kind of like, like at the end of it, there's like 10 seconds of dead air. <laughs> um, like that, that wasn't a mistake. Like I was like, okay, I, I want this to be like this to just kind of like reflect the theme of the track or whatever and lead into the next track. But there, there's also other things um like the lyrics are about, um, it's kind of a strange thing, but the, the lyrics are kind of about how we're like the sun actually, it, it, it damages us. Like, it, like the radiation from the sun is like bad for you mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, dealing with that on a, like a personal level, like having to deal with, um, my own issues health issues that i've had from like sun exposure Mm, it's been like really strange because it's like it seems like that would be like the most healing thing like oh i want to be outside and all this stuff but it's like actually so so anyway just that whole idea of like imperfections like that's just one piece of that track um like the lyrics but there's also like little things throughout it where i felt like i wanted to leave those imperfections in because that's kind of the what it was about in a way hell yeah like leaving little Easter eggs in there. Yeah, and I don't I don't think anybody would ever get that necessarily from the track itself. Um, mm. it, may, may, I mean, it, so when I release it, I'm like, man, people are going to hear this and like 
they're just going to be like, this sucks. <laughs> There's these mistakes in here. Like, like producers and stuff are going to hear it and be like, uh, the, the bass was too loud at 100 hertz or, or whatever it is. You know, it's like, well, you know, that to me, for me, that's like how I wanted the final piece to be or whatever. So that's really cool. It, the human. It's really element. strange. Like, it's really strange looking at music as almost like art pieces and not just like, you know, dance floor or bangers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think like leaving those imperfections in there is it's cool. It's like that human element and touch and people might not really understand why they like it or why it's interesting, you know. And it it seems like um you know I wanted to be like I wanted to make perfect paintings, you know. But then I think over time the more experience you have, you kind of like you purposely leave in some imperfections in a way. Mm-hmm. Just because like you're recognizing how perfectly imperfect you and the world is in a way too. And you're reflecting that. And right. it's like some, something that's too good is almost like annoying, you know, <laughs> like, like it, it's not, it's not as interesting whenever it's something is just totally perfectly done, at least to my mind. Like right. I, I like little unfinished parts of uh, expressions of creativity in a way. They're more direct, you know, it's more just like straight from your soul to the, your hand to the music or art or whatever it is that you're creating. And also like if you, like I fell into that trap earlier and when I was making paintings um, of just like working on something for months and months and months mm-hmm. and, uh, and not really being satisfied till I thought it was like, perfect you know but now now um in the past i mean probably probably months i've seems like i've turned on this part of my brain to be like okay stop Mm -hmm. it's good it just needs to be this one thing and you don't need to make anything else out of it you know exactly yeah yeah and with like painting leaving like traces of the process and stuff is a big part of it like how do you how do you kind of like show somebody the process that you went through painting this and like your tools and instruments went through and things like that without it looking as if it's just like unfinished or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like i think that's something the that visual art painters in particular have dealt with for a long time in a lot of different ways um but yeah th- that's why i like uh a lot of like the old abstract expressionism and things like that. Um, right. It was more about the physicality of the process in a way than, you know, you're seeing that and stuff. I, I don't know. It's just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's funny. We've never done a podcast this late. I feel like my brain doesn't work as well f- for conversing <laughs> <laughs> late at night. Dude, just, uh, just drink some of that, uh, that pre-workout. Yeah. <laughs> One time Andrew and I went to a OPO show and we drank like a pre-workout like weightlifting drink before the show for energy. But but we also took like a microdose of acid. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Damn, this is really coming on strong and fast." Yeah. <laughs> it was probably just the pre pre-workout. Yeah. Oh. It definitely was. I had been dealing with like severe mood swings and depressions 
<laughs> and like I let Andrew take this pre-workout and he's like, dude, I think this pre-workout is like fucking up <laughs> your system. So I don't take that anymore. <laughs> I was ready to go into a pitched battle. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Like, it didn't give you dance energy. It made you want to like lift, <laughs> punch something. <laughs> like yell. I mean, it was pretty good for an OPO show, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. It, minus all the violent, you know. We actually whatever. started the podcast that night. We did, yeah. Um, <laughs> how many milligrams of caffeine did that have in it? I don't know. Hundreds. It was, <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> so, Barto, do you ever take... Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you ever experiment with pre-workout? Great, great area legal workout stimulants. <laughs> it seems like right up your alley. Yeah, I'm pretty hooked on caffeine, but um, <laughs> I was taking when I was working out last year, like the Vega version of pre-workout, which oh, is like yeah. <laughs> it's like the vegan, like Probably it's like all like herbs and, and berries and stuff. But then there's caffeine, so I was like, okay, yeah, this yeah. This, this works or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am pretty hooked on caffeine though, for sure. And, and actually, you know, like you're asking me about music earlier i do listen to music when a lot of times when i get hanging out it's not just all audiobooks but it's so bad that it's like a lot of times i'm embarrassed to tell people what i'm listening to because it's like it's like really um it's really crazy music yeah <laughs> yeah is it like current pop or what do you got okay well when i say bad I guess what I mean is like something I feel like most people wouldn't be into for some one reason or the other, which is probably just like my own insecurities about <laughs> music or something. I, I don't mm. know. But uh, so one album that I've been listening to lately is zero zero nine sound system. Uh-huh. Um, and I heard this album for, at, the, at first because it, back in the day when you could upload videos on YouTube, um, they had a, a sound catalog of uh, tracks that would you could pick from. And if you didn't pick anything, it just plugged in 009 Sound System track Dreamscape. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so this track was on like all of these early like YouTube videos. And yeah. it's like after I heard it enough, I was like interested in it. So I like I've been listening to this album for years now and it's like <laughs> one of my favorite albums, but it's weird because the guy, the guy, it's like electronic music. There's like house beats and like trance beats. There's a lot of melodic things that are happening, like chord progressions and different things that I really like um, and that he does well. But the lyrics, like he does vocals and the lyrics, they talk a lot about drug use and like psychedelic drugs and things like that. But they also talk about, he talks about Jesus a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's nice. and how awesome. It's, how, how it's okay to be like super fucked up and to walk with like spirits. It's, it's like really bizarre and a that strange sounds... album. Um, and also highly recommend it. That sounds right up my <laughs> now alley. Now that the secret is out. <laughs> Hell yeah. John, do you think you could screen share with us and pull up some of that? See Can we do that on a Skype interview? <laughs> Let's see. If it's too much trouble, we don't have to do it, but you know. Um, I've been listening to that and like I'm gonna really, write that down though. Sorry, I, I really sharing? like this album by War on Drugs right now. Um, it's almost like psychedelic rock. Um, the, the singer reminds me of like like Bob Dylan meets like 
Jerry Garcia and Tom Petty or something. It's like that vibe, sort of. Oh, yeah. Nice. But it's modern. And the guys that wrote the album, they spent like three years in this, like two or three years, whatever, in this like really amazing studio using all of this awesome, like analog equipment. And when oh, you combine sweet. just when you combine just like the awesome songwriting, I feel like that is on the album, with um, with the, those things. Anyway, that album is awesome too. War on Drugs. I've been listening to that a lot. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's it. Zero zero nine sound system with a spirit. I think There's that was, dreamscape. With a spirit, I think is the one where he's talking about um. The lyric is, "You can be anything you want when you're high." Uh, <laughs> walk something with a spirit by your side but i don't think he mentions jesus directly in that one but he does mention jesus and like i think born to be wasted trinity. and trinity yeah. born to be yeah. if i play it though i don't know if you guys can hear it oh, yeah. probably not if it's not like oh yeah could you hear that whatever yeah no you have it it's probably coming through your headphones yeah well it was a sneak preview it's for okay the guests. it was a good it was a good try at uh <laughs> Look at you that. know up Look at that art. It's so old school. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like auto-generated. Perfectly like cheesy. Or whatever. All right. How can I stop sharing my screen? I freaking love that album. I've got four covers from tracks on that album that I've been working on for like five years now. Or <laughs> Ice. Hell yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good stuff. <laughs> so it's like... It's like royalty free then if you can use it or if you used to be able to use it with YouTube or was he just trying to I get mean I get I, I don't know the answer but I, yeah. pr- he probably was getting paid something right like yeah <laughs> it's a yeah. millionaire Well it had that song had like over 7 million plays so he did oh, something yeah. right I guess <laughs> Well, I think that's how he like blew, kind of like got his notoriety was from those tracks being. I mean, the tracks are actually kind of good, so maybe nice. it was because of that. But nice, I want to listen. I'm gonna the listen story, to that later. The the story I heard from him, I think in an interview or something, was he was talking about that how that track was being used so much on YouTube that everybody started listening to his music or whatever. Right nice. on. Well, uh, we should tell everybody to put Moonfrog songs on their YouTube videos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I wish, dude. If people were always, people hit me up and they're like, hey, can we use your music in this like yoga video or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just always say, yeah, y- yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Just do it. Like, Spread the uh, word. Nice. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too concerned about uh, theft of music or whatever. Like I did. I did that. There's like a DJ mix contest for Electric Forest about five, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I entered and I, I won the year that I entered it. Then the next year, I was like hitting up people I knew who produced music. I'm like, dude, you should enter this. I think they're, they really just want like original music, but then in the, uh, terms, the terms or whatever, it's like, we can now use, use your music oh, however shit. we want. If you submit uh, to this contest or whatever, which wow. I didn't care about, but like, I think like the three or four people I, I was trying to get to enter were like, 
no way like, <laughs> like they're not going to use my music for anything they want but. i don't know what do you what do you think of this uh this whole napster thing <laughs> so i mean it's really changing uh all right <laughs> but no like like you know we're so far gone from that that i don't know maybe maybe some people are are touchy about it i know i'm definitely touchy if people were to use my art without asking or trying to strike up a licensing deal but yeah it's a little different i think with visual art like yeah. uh, like somebody makes like an album cover <laughs> with your art or whatever right yeah. um, or i guess i guess on a on another level like if it's anything where somebody's going to be like making money basically right. off of your art like do you care about that right and um i, I think if you if you're in my position and you have very little money, you probably would want a piece of it in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, otherwise, like what I'm talking about, it's just like, Oh, your yoga video for the, you know, you're a grassroots operation that isn't really right, making right. too much money. So please go ahead. Hell yeah. Yeah. There's a fine line there with like, is this going to help me? Like, zero zero nine sound system or am i getting fleeced and is you know mercedes using my song in a commercial and selling <laughs> millions worth of cars uh and there's a lot of gray area in that spectrum but sure. yeah john you've been hit up for licensing recently right or yeah i mean is it, i do quite often like different companies and but I don't know. It, it's hard. You have to be like selective of who you work with. And, and, you know, I've had companies before that would even tell me they'd pay me to use my stuff. And then they just sell a bunch of shit and then never paid me. Oh, I, I wonder. Go ahead. Uh, it's just a, that's a terrible feeling when somebody makes a bunch of money off your art and then you don't see a dime. It feels yeah. super violating. It's like, yeah, such a lack of respect in a way, you know. definitely yeah that's like theft for sure yeah and then yeah i wonder like i've been i've been making these like covers and i get them licensed and um so i can put them on like spotify and things like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like pink floyd whatever yeah Um, yeah but but i wonder if as a painter you could like cover like a morgan mandala (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) or whoever and like get a license or uh, i I don't know like a living artist something I've never thought of because when I was in art school and stuff, one of some of our projects were like, I would get, I would get like students to actually like copy a piece, Mm -hmm. like basically try to recreate that. But, um, yeah, like cover visual cover art is kind of a funny thought, like reinterpret it. And yeah, that's a tricky one, right? It's a, it's a gray area for sure. I think if the artist is dead, like who gives a shit? Yeah, kind of. I mean, or or like if you did it in a tasteful way, like if somebody yeah. covered a John Speaker piece and it wasn't just like you're printing a copy, but you're actually like making a painting that more or less just references your painting heavily yeah. in a way to like I don't know reinterpret uh, that. It's a, that's a weird thought. Yeah. yeah, I like I encourage that. Like if people would want to use my art kind of as a template to learn how to express themselves. Fuck yeah. But if they have their own, this, own voice in it, you know. Right. 
There's this one artist um, who I follow on Instagram who's like, he's one of my favorite artists. And he uh, he goes by NFN Callion, which I know I've talked about him before on the on the podcast. But since we're doing the Skype thing, ah, uh, damn it, I can't find him. Wait a second, I'm gonna try and find him so I can pull him up. But basically, what he does is he remixes um, and mashes up like a ton of amazing, you know paintings and just throws them all together nice yeah and so you'll see like caravaggio with you know someone like takashi palm or something like that it's like takashi six nine <laughs> yeah it's a it's just a caravaggio style portrait of takashi six nine yeah Barto, when are you no. putting out a rap album um <laughs> i already have one out Oh yeah! Shut the fuck up, for real. It's called it's called Word War Third. Word War Third. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not Moonfrog, but I'll definitely rap all over that thing. Wait, oh yeah, wait for real. Yeah. <laughs> you probably never find it, dude. I, I think when we made that, um, it was distributed around Fort Collins on like CDs before <laughs> I lived in Fort Collins. Like I had a friend living here who came back to Georgia. With his like sixteen track, like multi track, like digital recorder or whatever, and he had all these beats that he made, and um, he's like, "Man, I just really want to get you to rap on these tracks <laughs> with uh with these other rappers that I know in Fort Collins." So we like sat around for a few days, and I wrote all these lyrics, and we and like recorded all my raps. That's awesome. And then um, nice. and then when I moved to Fort Collins, like I still hang out with some of these people who. It's like, oh, you're Kevin. You were you rapped on that track, <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. third or whatever. And these guys still live around here and stuff. Um, Doctor Asafa, uh, Leo. He's he's in Denver. I don't know if he was on the album, but I think he was. And he still raps and he's pretty successful and stuff. Right on. Yeah. Well, if anybody out uh, there has it, <laughs> let us know. I, I, dude, I wish I had it so bad. Like, <laughs> I don't have a copy of it, but if you have it out there. Hit me up because <laughs> you remix <Wanna>. those tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fucking tight, dude. Hell yeah! Uh, I used to be so into hip hop, man. Like, I, I can I, I don't really listen to rap or hip hop now, but that was definitely like one of my main. Uh, I mean, like everybody, like growing up, that's like what you listen to or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I've been like. Uh, I just got a record player, so I've been grabbing like a bunch of old records I used to listen to. It's nice. been awesome. Like just listening to old tribe records and Nas records and stuff. It's, nice. a, it's like a cool experience in a way, especially like putting a record on and you're like diving into these worlds, these like vignettes into such a strange reality that was so dissimilar to my own, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You're just like, <clears throat> I don't know. Like you put on a Nas record, and you're just like, this is this like beautifully creative, sweet person growing up in the strangest of circumstance, you know. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> makes, makes me feel lucky in a way. Yeah, uh, 
I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you this dude's work now. Can you see it? I don't no. see it. I don't know. I looked, I looked on Instagram. How do you spell how do you spell his name? Hang on. Uh, here we go. Hang on. Sorry for that podcast listeners. <laughs> Can you see it now? Yeah, for sure. That's wild, right? Yeah, it's totally like I recognize a lot of that. It's like, <laughs> like mashed like up Dolly it's like shit. Dolly and um, Beerstadt, Albert Beerstadt with his Takashi Palm. And I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah, Wild. it's super cool. Anyway. Yeah, I've, I've asked myself lately like how far you could go like mashing things up. Like I've been pulling videos off of YouTube and just like trying to create like music videos where i'm like okay i need a scene with like you know whatever it is that i need and i just surf youtube until i find like a shot that i I like and Mm -hmm. i'll just like download that and like edit (sighs) that in and like some some of the scenes are like higher quality than others and things like that but it's just like a total mashup of like bootlegged whatever videos that i'm trying to create like music videos with Hell yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like as time goes on more and more, it's, I'm curious about, um, like it seems like creators, you know, kids now, by the time they're creating, like how much original content will they be making or will it be, will everybody just be mashing up existing shit in a way? It's like. I think that's what we kind of do anyway, right? Yeah. But but I think like it's going to become more and more blatant in a way. Like, mm-hmm. and I even wonder like if copying a painting will, if people will even think twice about it in 10 years yeah. or something, you know? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. It could be. I mean, you know, there's, there's still a stigma around like, uh, biting, you know? Yeah. But you know, I think social media has done weird things with like the echo chamber of, ideas and and taste to to where you know a lot of things look and sound the same sometimes mm-hmm. so it might just become more and more accepted hey guys i really um appreciate being on here and talking to you guys i hope we talked about some interesting stuff for whoever listens to this oh yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for being on I'll probably pro- probably need to hop off soon though um, for sure man but is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we end this? Ooh, our parting question. If you were... <laughs> should we should we hit him with the old... Uh... Yeah. All right. Yeah. You give it to him. Yeah. Oh, so if you could give your younger self advice, what would it be? Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. Give my younger self advice. Or a younger musician. Yeah. Or your children even. Um, maybe like get serious sooner about yeah. you know, whatever you're doing and mm-hmm. try to be like uh, I feel like the thing that slowed me down the most with being creative and being an artist was I was always like I took it very lightly in a way, even though it was like at the core, it was the most important thing in my life. But I I didn't like want to recognize that. I feel like, because I I felt like for some reason it was like, 
I don't know. I like wanted to be in control of my life to the degree where it's like, I'm not this passionate or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but if I could give my younger self advice, it would probably be to, you know, be more serious about your work ethic and your art. Hell yeah. Um, the earlier, the better to any aspiring artists out there. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. If you love something, go for it. You know, I mean, that's the thing I've discovered is like, it's really just comes down to work ethic, um, and putting in the hours and, you know, the things you really avoided for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That's perfect. Yeah, man. Thank you. Those are great parting words. Thanks for coming on. Oh yeah. Appreciate talking to you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Cool. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you again and have a good night. Yeah. All right. Peace, brother. Peace, man. Hey, John, don't hang up. I didn't. I'm still recording. I'm going to pee and then we'll do an intro. All right, cool. I'm leaving that part in. Cool. (laughs) Bye, guys. guys. We We love love you. Stay safe out there. there. Wear a mask mask. and hug hug people telepathically. Thanks for listening to another episode of RCAF Podcast. For additional images and notes on this episode, you can check out our website, rcafpodcast.com. And you can find me, Andrew Norris, at andrew.norris.arts on Instagram. And andrewnorrisarts.com is my website. I also have links on my website to episodes as well as all my best paintings. And you can find me, John Speaker. My website is johnspeaker.com. On Instagram, I'm at John Speaker. And on Facebook, John Speaker Art. And we want to give a special thanks to Blair Speaker, John's lovely wife and creative director of the podcast. She also updates the website and does all the podcast notes. So thank you, Blair. And we'd also like to thank Tyler Billman. He created the music for this podcast. You can find Tyler on SoundCloud and Instagram. His name is Get Billsman. That's G-E-T-B-I-L-L-S-M-A-N. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Thank you. (laughs)